What do you think he's saying? Who's he, who's he saying that to? She. Who's she saying that to? To someone that's just accidentally knocked her on the street. Please watch. It's like her arms are like that. I'm going to do my own YouTube fail video compilation, but yeah. it's just me videoing myself on a regular basis being bored at work. Yeah, well, and, and just the, the, the fail is It's your a fail life. compilation. It's your it's, life it's full, decisions. It's a full uh, nine hours of work. Yeah. <laughs> no cuts. <laughs> and it, the fail is you. Is me. Well, you can't say that. Bleep. Yeah, you're I'm going to have to bleep, to bleep it. What would actually be the ramifications if that was... Um, would you actually be fired? Um, no, I wouldn't be fired, but I you shouldn't. So even when people go on, like, um, oddly enough, there was someone who work, who I work with who was on Tenable, the quiz show with um, Warwick Davis. You, you were, saw it? Yeah, she was on the quiz show. Yeah. That's been incredibly exhilarating. It was, yeah, and I was sitting there with Adam. Have you been on a, you've been on a Zoom call with her? No, but she did give me a talk when I was doing my training. Um, but she didn't even mention the name of the bank. Wow, she said an unnamed... She said an unnamed financial institution. No, she didn't. She just said a, a bank. Mm. In, even her. Even her. On live television. On live television. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to sort out this pint before we really <coughs> crack into it. Cause you can say that again. It's just these half glasses. Yeah. It's not built for guinoirs. For geniuses. <laughs> Um, hello and welcome to the St. Paddy's Day special. Should we call it the St. Paddy's Day special? No. No? Do you think that would be... Too much. Do you think it would be too much? Read the room. No, I think it's St. Paddy's Day. Read the room. People need to have a good Horatio, time. read the room. St. Paddy's Day. Happy St. Paddy's Day. Clack long, shy long, clack spalag so dilagong in clang mbane in tloink in sakabone. Is that Irish? That is Gaelic for... The mountain gets tough, <laughs> but we walk up that mountain yeah. with the luck of the Irish and the power of our mothers. And at the end of that mountain, we find gold and happiness mm. based on the true reality that we see in the sunset and the God-given heavens mm. above. Mars, our queen, our champion. God bless <laughs> to everyone all day long, for we are the true saviors of the anachronistic world. Gaelic is a famously short language mm. for what is actually um, contained within it. It's a, it's a very dense meaning language. Um, um, one that's been passed down to me through generations. You seem to be in a good mood. Yeah. What's going on? It's St. Paddy's Day. It's the one day where my Irish genes, my Irish deficient genes of addiction, alcoholism and aggression are celebrated on a worldwide scale. Because do you think that's genuinely played a part in you having a bit of an uptick of mood? No, no, no I think I'm, I'm refreshing a week off. I've refound music today. Oh, yeah. Um, I find I heard you playing some tunes. Yeah, I was banging some tunes downstairs. Music is a very important thing in my life. Mm -hmm. um, hashtag sincere moment. Um, and let's, let's, let's take it real we'll, for a we'll second. Take it. We'll, bring, we'll bring it in. Okay. 
um, if you wouldn't mind not speaking while I speak my truth. Um, and it's uh, during lockdown, I found myself listening to less and less because I've, I get very, I get obsessed with music as in particular songs and I will listen to them an ungodly amount of times and then get bored of it. But by the time I'm bored of it, I'll have found new ones. But in lockdown- Well, you're now 42 and now you're, you found now 43. And I didn't realize they had the Now albums up to like 110. So to be honest, it's, it's nothing to do with lockdown. All it is, is I, I thought they stopped at, now that's what I call music 43. But it turns out there's about 80 more. So I was downstairs just going about my day and accidentally just, I typed in, I was going to type in, um, n- n- what's the weather now? But there was a glitch in the keyboard and it just went now. And then it said, did you mean, now that's what I call music 80. You must have lost your mind. And I realized there's, there's more now. Um, so yeah, I've been, uh, I've got my old Walkman out and I'm listening to all of the nows. Um, that Jason Derulo is going to be a big hit. He's going to be a big star. He's he's got gumption. He's I'll got, tell you that. He's got art and gumption. Um, no, but I've had, yeah, I had a bit of a re- resurgence of it because I've got fed up of finding new. I, there's the the desire to find new music hasn't been there in lockdown, which I think is one of the biggest symptoms of my lockdown depression. I sure. Think. Um, but then I just thought, fuck it today, mm. and I was like, I, I think it's almost like forcing yourself to have a good time. So mm. I found a lot of music. Played a lot of music and had a good yeah. old sing song downstairs. Well, what I'd say is that in the general, especially the more <coughs> recent podcasts, as it's kind of got even as but the sort of routine has become because the last ten podcasts has been in a period of lockdown with sort of no end in sight, and then we found yeah. an end in sight, and that's very far away. But the ones before, it was like we really didn't know if, if we'd yeah it'd be open next week or stuff. It there was a, a moment of spontaneity. Yeah, yeah. And over that last 10 week period where it's been like probably the toughest mental health wise, it feels like our moods have been sort of throughout the week. Yeah, we've never g- really been on the same <laughs> wavelength. It's, it's been going like this. Because well, I derailed the, <laughs> the podcast of the announcement that it was. The and end I was in quite a good mood. In a good mood. <laughs> yeah. I think next week I came back good and you were just there like, oh, Yeah, and today I've been in a, quite a bad mood as oh. well. So well, it means I guess like, we balance each other out. I guess so. I guess or so. We're, or, or we're just like, we're, we make each other unbearable. No, I think. I think the situation hasn't changed. Nothing's got better, but yeah. the natural chemical cycles of your body. Yeah, it's just it's luck of the it's luck of the Irish. Yeah. It's luck of the, it's the luck of the Irish. Yeah, it's it's it. You don't know what when you wake up. You don't know. Yeah, you're, you're, you can't. As I said before, you know it's it's going to become a famous quote. You can't be yeah. sad forever. No, <laughs> but not. But, but, well, some people. Have, well, some people uh, can. Some people. One one listener is actually. Yeah. Uh, our hearts and our thoughts and prayers go out to you. So I guess I guess the meandering of moods is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um. It might well be. Well, I mean, a week off is good for a bit of a the old reinvigoration yeah. of the soul. Um, was it a good day at work, or is it still? No, it's, it's still it's, it's still boring as yeah. hell. But yeah. instead of watching daytime TV, I was finding and listening to okay, music I enjoy. Maybe your addiction of daytime TV is like it's moved onto a new thing. Well, it's moved on back to the thing it used to be. <laughs> yeah, okay. It filled this weird void for a bit, mm. um, and now hopefully it's it's gone for good. Um, do you, have you ever do you, do your family celebrate St. Paddy's Day? Oh yeah, on your Irish yeah. Side? yeah. We get stanky on it. How 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 would how would a Cohen celebrate? How would a Cohen? So like back in the back in the day, there's a lot of um, I think my cousin often a lot of my cousins go up with used to be my nan to go into, to the parade mm. in London, and they've always there's always pictures of them with Guinness hats on and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get full into the fully into the festivities. Um, in terms of dress mm-hmm. and uh, where they're going. They'll go to London. Um, Dad, I saw posted a picture today of, have you seen these things that most middle-class people have in their house now? It's like a it's like a white 
thing that you can put different, like a sign that you have, you get loads of letters and you can then make your own sign out of it. It seems to On be this new stuff. No, 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 no. It's like a, it's like an end of, like a frame. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It seems to be this new home decor sure. thing that yeah. was doing. Um, so they, um, I saw they posted a thing about uh, they put various Irish phrases in there. Um, so that's our dad celebrating today. Nice, yeah. nice. Good so on. I mean, it was it was good. I got out of the house at that yeah, time. It was getting a bit too much for me, <laughs> party wise. I mean, I yeah. couldn't couldn't always hack it. Um, um, but that's it. Yeah, no, we yeah we went to it. Dad's had a couple of parties with the family around. My cousin has reshared his St. Paddy's Day message for the last three years. Okay. He always reshared. So it was from 2017. <laughs> 2018, he reshared it. 2019, reshared it. 2020, reshared it. And it says something like, um, big love to all my Irish family. I'm proud to be a Kerwin. Oh, that's nice. That yeah, is nice, yeah. Um, and but that, also, do you think he's ever going to get a new one or do you think he's pretty pretty good with that message? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, <laughs> True, it's working as it is. And yeah, he's my hero in many ways. Sure. And he will continue to be so. But that's us on St. Paddy's Day. Mm. Um, do your family celebrate St. Patrick's Day being the English scum that you are? No, because we're, we're, I like, my mum's side of the family, we're kind of Scottish Protestants. Um, oh, so it's crikey. Like, to be honest, anything You're like more that. out there protesting against it. <laughs> more, throwing yeah, eggs at the, yeah. eggs at the uh, parade. That sort of un- unleashing of hedonism is just not for us. Yeah. Uh, no, you like to keep it in the household. We like and, to keep, and it, very keep quiet. it in our pants, actually. It's what we like to do. <laughs> well, we like to keep it in our pants before marriage. <laughs> and then we just let it out. Then we just let it all hang out. Like, us, Cath- <laughs> us Catholics know how to do mm. it mm. because we keep it chill so we don't have any disasters. Marry early. And then just go fucking nuts. So you, um, do you find, um, I, I, my dad's uh, family is like Italian Catholics. My mum's family is like Scottish Protestants. Yeah. So neither than that religious, so I didn't really get it much from my, but did you ever find when you were uh, learning about history growing up that you yeah. would like naturally start taking sides with Catholics and Protestants? Like yeah. you're waiting to see who wins next fight. Yes. Do you, do, do you ever find that? Yeah, absolutely. I and think- Because you, you didn't know how it was going to end. So it was like, yeah. someone was like, fuck. Oh God, yeah. It's like, oh, they got one. Who's oh. going to take another <laughs> Well, the thing is with history, the closer you get towards the present, the closer, the more tangible, the be- the effects of those historical events are. Yeah. So the biggest one I would had with, when I was studying Irish history with the kind of the, the I this historical Irish struggle for independence, yeah, um, that goes into Catholicism versus Protestantism, mm-hmm. and often with with that saga, if you want to call it that, the Catholics were the historically oppressed, sure. and the Irish, Which the is Irish, quite a rare oppressed. thing, exactly, yeah. Because when we were studying like fifteenth yeah. century British yeah. politics, yeah. it was like fuck these Catholics, mm. let's get the Protestants mm. in. Um, but when it came to studying Ireland, it's like up up the Catholics, up the raw. It's a weird, yeah. It's a weird thing because I've got quite a few Northern Irish friends where like sectarianism is like the the biggest thing, um, and Humble it brag. seems like the I got a couple, yeah. um, but it seems like I only friends with Catholic Northern Irish people. I only seem to, I've only ever met Catholic Northern. Irish. I don't know where the Protestant Northern Irish people are. Yeah. they seem to be running the banks, controlling everything, and seem to be the oppressors. But I don't seem to see them anywhere. I don't no. know. They just, I don't find them anywhere. Um, and it seems in certainly in that struggle. <laughs> the Catholics are these the the progressive. They're you oh, know yeah. they're they're part of the, they they Mandela supports and they're, they're they're for Palestinian freedom. There's like a a global uh, free kind of movement yeah. that they're part of, and they always seem uh, like the 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 DUP are super homophobic and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But then when you extend that out to Catholicism in general, Cat- yeah. the Catholic Church is like this this ginormous <laughs> um, well with the news this week yeah. that our, the Pope who we thought was quite a progressive guy is now saying uh, cannot bless same sex marriage did he ever say that he 
did. He hinted. He was a cop tease because yeah. he did. He I really did. Maybe pardon the pun. Pardon the pun. Pardon the pun. There's no pun. We're talking about gay people, so. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so no, but if you could pardon the pun, tease isn't a isn't a gay thing. Yeah, but when you're when you're saying that he 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 was being a cock tease about gay rights. Yeah. Really, no, pe- he is teasing are, a lot of cocks. <coughs> penises are yeah, a big no, part. Yeah, no, you are right. You are right. Um, pardon the pun. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> we'll uh, get comments in, otherwise I can't. Yeah. Well, well, um, <laughs> did you pardon? Did that you? <laughs> I think I had a pun there, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you had a pardon Rob after it. Um, so he hinted at it he hinted that he might be the first pope to um uh bless same-sex sure. marriages but then no he's gone back on it um but that's i think that's the key thing with this with the religious uh if yeah. we look at the world now and catholics being a bit of a more regressive force yeah. rather than the progressive one the thing with ireland is that politics and religion are so aggressively intertwined sure it's one i think it's the starkest example of that in the world in the world well, middle east no no uh, no, not what, what now with jihadis and stuff? I mean, historically, historically, in terms of like, if you're a Catholic, that is... Absol- I'm not saying no, but it's a big claim. No, but yeah, and I will back up why it is a big okay. claim. Because the whole, the history of Ireland has been, one, a history of a struggle between oppression from the British Empire, sure. and two, a struggle between Catholicism and Protestantism. Yeah. Protestantism, Protest- I'm really strong to say that, say mm. Protestantism mm-hmm. is synonymous mm. with British imperialism. And wanting to retain, stay in the UK. There's not a lot of good guys in that story. Exactly, and Catholicism, (laughs) but Catholicism is synonymous with an independent, a fight for an independent Ireland and and Irish nationalism. And those—that's why there's a progressive angle to Catholicism in Ireland because of how much is intertwined with the fight against British imperialism. Yeah, Um, yeah, I, I, I get that. It's, it is just interesting, and it's like. Yeah, Ireland's a funny one because it's... Uh, yeah, that's what I meant to say, actually. Ireland's a funny one. Um, I mean, the, the phrase the luck of the Irish is a strange one considering that they're one most the unlucky. Terrible they're one of the most... That, they're awful. Yeah. Is it an ironic thing? Is it a bit of that classic Irish humour? Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, if you bring a leprechaun to Shamrocks, then... If you will. The I'm, luck of the Irish. It's like, you guys have been dealt such a bad hand. And, yeah. And what's the, the really unlucky thing about Irish people is that they have... They're like one of the whitest nations on earth. Yeah. And they've, they've literally had none of the white privilege no they really have struggled. They've really missed well it's because <laughs> they they've been so they've colonized no one they've only been oppressed <laughs> they were just so close to the epicenter of british imperial power that they yeah. wouldn't they you like they can't have someone that close to home having yeah. as much privilege yeah i know it was a lot of it It was kind of like a destination for a lot of their shit as well it's true well th- that's the problem is like when i when you learn i, I learned history f- um fairly chronologically Loser. and when you <laughs> well, unlike you yeah i went to an experimental school <laughs> where we did history we started at the end then went to the f- then went to na- modern times and went to the middle yeah and it's funny that's that why i'm so bad at dates it's funny that in english um kind of an english mindset there's a love of the underdog that's like a yeah. huge oh, thing yeah, yeah. which is funny historically and that's <laughs> definitely part of me and so like when i remember how exciting history seemed to be when england were this scrappy nation of people who lived in mud huts we just pulled up our socks (laughs) and then there was like um sort of like the the catholic church had these huge monasteries they're sort of oppressing us and it was sort of there was a little and then as soon as you get further and further the wins get we keep winning and it stops getting as fun do you know what i mean like you you just keep just like it's now just win after win and after then you start win. like really and then the wins gone with like <laughs> oppression and murder it's like so, uh, genocide you know, because it's, like, yeah. it's a little known if we we're going to go into Irish history yeah. it's, uh, it's everyone knows about the potato famine 
Yeah. Uh, but what it should be called is a potato genocide. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that is because there was a guy called Charles Trevelyan, who was the um, uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer, or the mm-hmm. equivalent of, mm-hmm. um, in when was it, like 1850, something like that? Sure. Um, and he basically because it was when capitalism was coming in and free market economics was coming in there was horrible weather for potato farming in england uh in ireland massive droughts etc and this is when they're under british imperial rule sure and the british government were very aware of this yeah and but because they so what they needed to do was send potatoes or just send produce to the the island of ireland i love that phrase the island of ireland um in order to stop millions of people dying. Mm-hmm. But because it, it came at the same time as the birth of the free market and capitalism, that this guy, yeah, this guy called Charles, I think Charles or James Trevelyan, decided that there, there was no aid that was going to be sent whatsoever to Ireland because a drought is an expression of the free market and therefore and it's going to make... And, well, yeah, and <laughs> of course God's Of course God's mixed up in there somewhere in the story. But so they didn't send anything because they thought they, they decided it will make the whole global economy and the British economy and the Irish economy more efficient because of it. Oof. And then millions of people died because of that. Do you think, in retrospect, they should have branched their diet out to, so it wasn't just potatoes? Do you think, in retrospect, you should be appreciative <laughs> of the conditions that you could grow something like that? I'm not coming. Horatio, you are the worst person I'm to talk sorry. about that. All you, eat, all you eat every week is that sausage carbonara yeah. and that fucking, um, I don't know, chicken. it's like a soup, and then chicken legs mm. and um, chips. And, and salmon. And one, once meals. every two weeks, you have a salmon. Okay? No, once every two weeks. No, it's, it's, it's once every week and a half. I'm going to start burning your chicken and salmon No. in the fridge. Burning um, it. I'm gonna burn it in the fridge. Okay, what is to teach you about the potato? To teach you about the potato famine. Okay. Then maybe then maybe you say something on it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, then no. then you apologize. I've apologized of all days to make a crash. Of joke. all days to make a crash <laughs> crash potato joke. Um but no, that's an it shouldn't be called the Irish famine, it's the Irish genocide. As is the same for many other colony colonial countries around the world in history. Mm. Sim- very similar things have happened. Mm. Yeah. I, hashtag it, awareness. Hashtag uh, not me. Hashtag not me. I don't know. Hmm. I don't yeah. know. You can hashtag anything now. Yeah, but do you feel a little bit annoyed that in this sort of quite, um, in the sort of uh, uh, currency of oppression, that yeah. you're not more clearly Irish? Yes. Because Irish people is like, that's like the main way that white people can get away with like getting yeah. on telly and stuff. Because it's like, you can't, yeah. you can't chat shit about the Irish because they've been dealt yeah. just as bad a hand. From, from, the, from the, the first memory I can remember is wanting sympathy for mm. oppression um, when I was three. Yeah. Uh, um, and not having, uh, being like, because my dad was born here, but his parents, which doesn't help, but his parents were fully Irish. Yeah. So I am half Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... There is nothing to show for it. It's a shame. You're just and kind of you're a posh boy. It sounds yeah, like so. It doesn't even I know. Get, yeah. Yeah. So like, oh, well, posh boy talking about famine. Yeah, um, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, for at least I've never even been uh, cock teased with the idea of oppression. Yeah, it just doesn't really exist for me. So yeah. I just don't even have any options. No. I have like dyspraxia, but it's gonna be a while till that starts coming in. Yeah. The hetero. Well, I've, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a problem, especially as well being a. <laughs> we all... neuro, the neurotypicals. Where as soon yeah. as that dialogue comes around, I'm, I'm yeah. jumping on that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna Donate to dyspraxic charities. I'm going to talk about dyspraxic representation on TV. That's sort of the only thing I have. Being Irish is the only really thing I have with that. It's true. Very neurotypical. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we'll see. Um, But, um, yeah, um, I've I've forgotten what I was going to say. Do you have have an Irish boy gone wild? 
Who would be your kind of Wolf Tone? Okay, Wolf go on. Tone. This is this is my time to talk about Irish history. Wolf Tone was a a man who led a rebellion in 90, 1797, let's say, or ninety three. It's one mm-hmm. of the two. But he started. He I always imagined it was a pirate because it sounds like a pirate. Wolf Tone. Wolf yeah. Tone. Yeah, sure. Wolf Tone. Mm-hmm. Um, very husky voice and a big mm-hmm. beard and long yeah, yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he started the first revolutionary movement in Ireland, which kind of started this two three hundred year period of revolution against the British government and event and the eventual um, kind of start of independence movement. So it's not a funny one because there's nothing funny about no, Irish good. history. It's good to learn. We, his, we can, we're allowed to go sincere about history. That's yeah. sort of uh, a motif of the pod. Yeah, I don't know, or Westlife. Yeah, or Westlife. So yeah. it's one of the two. One of the two. So is he the first dude to stick it to the man? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, Rev, yeah he was the first revolutionary nationalist, as yeah. they call it. And yeah, he, he, led, he led a very small rebellion that failed drastically. But it inspired. He was like a martyr. I again, one of but the. But that's like the classic Irish story. One of the tragedies it? of Irish history is that it's just full of martyrs. It's just full of martyrs and failures yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Until Tony Blair. Until Tony Blair, he actually did a pretty good job. Actually. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, when I went to Ireland uh, a couple of years ago, um, going around uh, Northern Ireland, there was a just a general. It seemed like it has actually been a. It's a little, to- you know, I, I chat a lot of shit about Tony Blair, but Good Friday Agreement was a pretty the Good, good Friday Agreement was a banger. It was a pretty, pretty banging job, to It was be a banger. I mean, that How do you fucking, solve that it's issue? a nightmare. Mm. It was a fucking nightmare and it still kind of is. Which so, was what part of the enjoying things, that, not the enjoyable things, but the, yeah. the interesting things about Brexit was yeah. that the Irish issue still comes up again. Yeah. Because it's a fucking nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's a real nightmare. It's a real mess. These bloody Northern Irish yeah. just got their shit together. That's right. I'm saying it. Wait, Get- so, yeah. So are you thinking, you know, I, I'm starting to, with my kind of recent um, abolition of the monarchy kind of thing, yeah. I'm starting to lean a lot more towards kind of splitting out even the union um, just to stop all the aggro because I'm just sick of the, I'm just sick of the complaining. Like, I'd rather have... Britain probably but if I'm just going to keep on just getting this I'm just I'd rather you guys go to be honest well you're taking it too personally <laughs> I'm just sick of, like genuinely if you guys want to go go like I, I don't I'm now at the point where yeah. alright let's be England let's work out let's do a new let's have a new identity I'm just sick of this kind of like constant complaining yeah we, we were cunts alright we were what what do you want now again, do you know what I, I mean again, I see, what do you want now well, this is a problem that you, you have you can have it what do you want you can have it anything what do you want? Me? Yeah, no, d- them. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, them. Uh, <laughs> well, I think this is a problem that you have with history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that you identify with England way too much. And, sure. and, the, and like and the, and the government way too much when people yeah. are when, so, when we're talking about Scottish independence or Irish independence or Welsh independence Cornish independence is a yeah, thing yeah let them go they, they, there, was, there was a Cornish terrorist group yeah. that blew up a Rick yeah. Steins yeah and <laughs> Of course we condemn terrorism, but it's the funniest form of it. It's the funny, Cornish terrorism is the funniest form of terrorism. Because you've got to... What are you doing, guys? Yeah. But um, you identify too much with the government because when you're, when you're hearing something like um, the Scottish complaining about the union, well, you're, not, you're more than just an English person. Mm-hmm. You are someone who can also look at it that and, and appreciate the potential oppression or the negatives sure, sure, they're getting sure. from. It's not an attack on you. Yeah. It's an attack on. It's not. I'm not saying it's an attack, but as a per, you know, it's something that it's a debate that's key for the next thirty years of this country, which I'm yeah. living in. So I ha- all have to have a view of it. And in general, but when you say things like, "Oh, if you, oh, if we, we know we did bad things," <laughs> you're allowed to. That's the thing. You're allowed to absolve your indi- yourself mm. individually from the mm. terrible things Britain have done in the past. Yeah, you could condemn them as well. Yeah, and then you could say, actually, maybe yes, yeah, Scotland should maybe have the right to be independent. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's sort of like 
um, it's sort of like I can imagine what it's like supporting Man United, and it's like just like you've dominated the league for so long and yeah. you support as a team you talk about yourself as weird like look you yeah. guys hate- but you're not a supporter of the British government <laughs> no I'm not it's not the government it is it's not the that's government that's what it is it's about it's not just the government what is it so you think that's fine because you imagine one guy in Scotland going well, I think we should actually leave England and you go and then you'll go why are you being so mean to me <laughs> what you don't like my company I've given you a good time no I'm just I, I guess it's just the fatigue of just all these this fucking yeah. discourse no, I, I get and that. I'm like I'm just so sick of the discourse that I'm like let's just fucking hey you had a referendum now pack it in pack it in lads all go fucking I don't care we should have more my stance is we should have more referendums just keep them going till you get the answer you on want. everything but you- referendum should be a best of five yeah yeah and go over but they should all be within the same year so, so they in the fall so test cricket pin- yes <laughs> So exactly, but it, you're not allowed to choose anyone who's a professional cricketer. Okay. Okay. D- done. That, that's done. That's, and but that's... It, <laughs> no, all referendums, regardless. Of, the test cricket point is an interesting one, which mm. we will get back to. Mm-hmm. It maybe dedicate a whole episode to it. Sure. But is if we have five a best of five referendum in a year where opinions vary, don't really change from month to month. Yeah. Um, but then we can say it's conclusive. Because if we had like Brexiteers versus Remainers Brexit as a five, day of, a five day test cricket match. Has anyone you... called them Brexit Queers? Brexit Queers? Yeah. I don't think so. No, because Queer is good actually. So I'm, I am. Yeah. I'm it's actually, been reclaimed. I'm actually complimenting them. Um, but yes. Uh, do you have an Irish hero or do you want I to like win? Bobby Sands I liked him when he smeared his shit on the wall that, I mean, that, that was like a, a bold move yeah <laughs> also he's one of my favourites I like that he was an MP yeah like, and like he became an MP while he was smearing his own shit on the wall and I like which isn't, I respect which isn't that. a kind of cocktail that you'd expect nowadays <laughs> no, exactly well uh, metaphorically that's what a lot of MPs are doing right now oopsie <laughs> sorry we went there if you want to cancel us you can Okay, but we did it. We're out there. No, I, I actually, I, I'm a big, I'm actually a big fan of the Irish people. Um, I, I like how they, they've kind of like spread everywhere. And they're going to make me cry. Because <laughs> it's such a teeny little country, but it's just everywhere you go, there's just Our Irish. Our Dias 4 is a second to none. Your what? Dias 4 is. Okay. Dias four, Mass dias, immigration. Is it Dias 4 Yeah. Die for it. Dias. Diaspora. Diaspora. Sorry, you just, you did, it did undermine the point, it did a, undermine lot, the point. a lot, a lot. Um, I've never known because it was one of those you know when people and I'm, I'm not this person yeah. um, but when kids who read a lot mm-hmm. mispronounce words because all they've read is it it's true that's, that's it's what I am because I studied it in politics mm-hmm. but um, I didn't go to any seminars yeah, so yeah, then I didn't yeah. hear what they how it's actually it's said a suck, is it, cause if and you... then I went to one seminar and I said that and they laughed me out of the room <laughs> and I would never sit back in a learning establishment again so let's address the elephant in the room, I guess. Yeah. It's been a big week of news. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. So well, we did. We released the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. On so we released on Friday, don't we? We film yeah. it on Wednesday, and I think that this story that we're about to talk about um, kind of picked up a lot in between yeah. the Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday and Friday period. It's been a lot happening this week because we, we sometimes have an issue because we release it like two days after we shoot it. Yeah. Sometimes there's big news events. So it, it almost, had, been we, a like, few. we like post an episode and it almost looks like we're ignoring the issue yeah. completely. Which we haven't. Yeah. It, was just, it wasn't as big a thing. But I also think but it's I'm quite glad, good. I'm glad. To take a week. Yeah. So glad that I didn't, uh, I didn't yeah. air my opinions the day off because um, I do think it's, it's changed a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're talking about this, the... Uh, awful uh, murder of Sarah Everand, which has shocked everyone. Um, and the kind of discourse that's happened afterwards, it's been, it's, it has been quite interesting and there's been a lot of, I mean, certainly 
been speaking with Bibi, who's reacted, certainly had a very aggressive reaction at first, but has like changed yeah. over the course of time when the first thing kind of happened. Because um, as soon as the murder happened, there was sort of like, uh, immediately the discourse around Twitter started moving it towards uh, female violence and I, male violence. Bit, uh, male violence. Sorry, sorry. Um, male violence and uh, BB raised some quite interesting points that I think it's now shifted slightly. But well, the initial first, point. yeah, the initial we, point. Me, we, me and her had a long conversation yes, about it. Yeah, as well. Um, and so, well, I, that's because I think again. A good thing to do is, you know, what what is being the main point about this is about discussion and honest discussion about things. Sure. Um, and just because for one of those points again, because within that within that initial narrative yeah. or the narrative now as well, a lot of it is encouragement in you know guys to speak about it with I don't know with with each other with women with everyone. Which yeah, because that's, that's be. another thing is it's like I, I've seen. I don't want to do those, those kind of endless caveats when we're two men talking about it. We're saying like. As men, I yeah. know we're not women because I do think there's still value. To but but men also, what I because my point was that with with that, I remember having a conversation. So the conversation we had it was where where uh, like a night after or something. Yeah, and I felt because I had a conversation with one of my good girlfriends and a conversation with yeah. uh, who lived in Clapham, who lived in Clapham, literally yeah. right next to where yeah, it yeah. happened. A uh, friend of the show, isn't yeah. It? Um, so I had a conversation there, a conversation um, with BB and other yeah. people stuff, and I did find myself a lot of it because part of the whole thing I thought was you're meant to be like. So I find in these, I hadn't made up my mind, yeah. you know, about everything because my gut reaction was a lot different to my action now, yeah. which yeah. we'll get into. Same. But I still think I remember talking about it in both in a few of these other situations, and. Less with Izzy, actually. But, like, I, I often found, like, even it's so... I'm hearing people talk about it. And, like, part of a good conversation is I was asking, kind of being devil's advocate almost to a certain extent. Yeah. Just saying, but what about this, this, and this? Mm -hmm. And because our politics is so um, uh, so polarised at the moment, it's like even just asking a nuanced question about something often just lumps you in with that one side. So whenever I have these conversations, I so often find myself going... I haven't made my mind up. I'm yeah. just, by the way, I'm just saying, I'm just like making a point and asking a question. I'm asking a yeah. question. I'm not putting myself on the side. Yeah. And I find that, I think it's also good in these times to just allow people to ask these questions. And there's also the manipulation of the, of like, because when you say a side, it's like, what what are the sides? Exa exactly. And it's exactly. also, there's an implication yeah. that there's like a side who are, condemn yeah. the murder and there's a side who exactly. don't condemn well, which is crazy because yeah, yeah. across the board no yeah. one in their right mind but that's the thing and I think that's the nub of it because but this, is not, honest, what the, this is not what the discourse no, exactly, has been about but exactly, at all which is the point which is yeah. what I think the point of it is is because my initial reaction was it's hard to kind of join up the specific incident that happened to the discourse that happened after it. Yeah. Because um, immediately, for my immediate reaction was that why, you know, this is a very isolated incident. And my my initial thought was, well, surely mental health is coming into this mm -hmm. as well. It's about yeah, yeah. a guy who is clearly, like, have some serious issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were a couple of, I remember, in the heat of the moment, there were a couple of calls, you know. It, it can be quite contradictory to, like, is, is at once um, condemn the police, but also we need tighter restrictions for the people that exactly. are committing those things. Yeah. And I think my big thing in these kind of things that I think I have 
well, we can see it in the paedophile conversation that we've had. Yeah. It's more about like compassion. Sure. And because I don't think radical clamping compassion. down, radical compassion, I don't think clamping down on these kind of, as in just looking at the event, clamping down on people with like mental, clearly mental illnesses is going to actually help anyone. But the same thing with drugs discourse. It's all been about the actual event, which exactly, is what's been interesting. But Really? Which is so Not, then it has been a bit. So but. that's my like thought about this specific event. Um, but loosely some of it. But then so that's I found it hard to match up the discourse with the event at first. But then I just kind of after having a few conversations, mostly busy, is that what it isn't actually that important about what, how much we match up that event because the conversation that we're having about it afterwards is still in, is, is incredibly valid and one that needs to be had. So it's not, I don't think there's too much importance in actually putting that conversation tangibly to the event that happened because it is loosely about women feeling safe. Yes. Women feeling safe in the street, women feeling safe in public. And therefore the conversation that's happening after it is absolutely valid. So I think after a day of reflecting on it, I stopped trying to join up those two things yeah. and just kind of dived into the, not, not dived in, but kind of like started listening properly to the conversation. Yeah, I think, the, yeah, the problem I've had is that it's what I've raised on the podcast, which is just a general thing, which I don't blame a lot. And also, like, any kind of woman, I can understand, well, everyone, but especially women, how emotional uh, your immediate reaction will be. And I don't, even if you uh, said something I didn't agree with, like, I can imagine speaking very aggressively and feeling so emotional about that because it's such a, like, upsetting thing to hear because yeah. you realise it could easily have been you. Yeah. Um but I, I guess with the kind of general point I made and just like with how I've saw around the Black Lives Matter movement, which I think overall is a very good thing, around the Me Too thing, which I think overall is a very good thing, just the individual moments which are the general problem with progressive politics, which is the sort of cultural narcissism where it's this sort of, it's sort of reframing it to this sort of individual experience that I do think um, at times can be not actually help the situation in my opinion and just seeing it's hard to know what the actual discourse is because when you look on twitter and you just yeah, see yeah. sort of like things being thrown here there because that's the, we had the conversation we had about it the yeah. night after yeah um where we both had slightly different opinions on it yeah we kind of got to a conclusion that we it was almost like we were looking at different things online yeah because what i've mostly seen is what it's mostly been is people posting about what men can do better at in terms of making women practically feel safer on the street. Um, yeah. There's been a bit of a, 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 like a small talk about, it hasn't been much talk about people's individual experiences. Not loads of that, but from just- what you saw. From what I saw. This is yeah. what I'm saying I saw. Um, yeah. And it was mostly talk about how it's obviously an endemic problem and like what, and just kind of a discussion generally around the things of how men can do better with it versus maybe what you saw, which seemed to me to be a lot more taking that story upon themselves. Uh, yeah, so uh, as more, I was also going off what Bibi said, and Bibi obviously having grieved fairly recently, uh, felt a lot of um, kind of a focus on like how the family and how they must be feeling and felt like the way that certainly in like immediately after it happened, the way that these this poor family with this kind of freak accident, this is not an endemic problem, what actually happened. Like yeah, that yeah. thing is not an issue in the United Kingdom, the murder rates are one of the lowest in the world, much less for women. It's not like, at all like the George Floyd incident. I mean, any link to it, I think, is absurd because it really isn't the same thing. And I think that's a huge mistake to make. I think not... the only link that is fair enough <laughs> is that like a in, an incident, an isolated incident can create a broader discussion. That, it, for what is overall, as I admit, will, I think, yeah. 
result in better discourse but in this the nitty-gritty can be frustrating at times because it's like relating it when it's it's not related at all because it's not like you know there's people calling for defund the police when it's like there's no single group who the police um kind of help more than middle class white women i don't think that's it's not an endemic issue you know there's no as in police the police in general there's no one who benefits probably more from the police than Middle class white women. Yep. So I don't think it's like in the same way the George it's, Floyd. Oh my god! In the same you know way, I mean? like it's, it's not a, like a systemic it's not issue. Institu- institutional racism in the police is not the same as institutional but like sexism. Calling it for like a thing on like this being like a deep problem in the police. It's like this wasn't one of the deep problems in the police. This was a seriously freak accident. Yeah. But once again, because it's so horrendous, I also understand why someone would react emotively and they have a right. To yeah, it. yeah. Um, but uh, BB kind of found the kind of the way that. Um, immediately afterwards, there was sort of um, making, trying to link this horrendous thing that happened to like being people talking about their own. Ex- some people linking it to their books or like trying to, you know, talk about or like. Well, I think being- shameless promotion out of it is obviously a fucking. <laughs> but then, obviously, but then like uh, linking it to like times they got harassed in a club and like trying to connect this horrendous tragedy to these things that are important but, and which I've changed my mind yeah. in saying that is good but just l- immediately linking it to these things as if they're sort of on the same scale and I just don't yeah. not, not even scale but how unique and strange this incident was I do think it's like it's I don't even see it quite on the same linear scale as if this is like to me I didn't read as a sexism issue it didn't read as like a patriarchy but thing but what it was is in like the this abhorrent act can then obviously it then goes into that wider discourse because it's although that is the worst thing that could have possibly happened to a woman when they're out on the street mm. and it doesn't happen that often these this is it goes into the climate of the fear that women have being out in public 100%. in a dark space and that's why yeah. that's why i believe that it's completely like i think the conversation about linking it to the actual incident and trying to compare it isn't actually relevant almost right now because this the, things like like historically things like this come out of in isolated events and it isn't as much about how much, how well they link into it it's about the discourse that happens after it yeah and it's like it's interesting with um bb's niece and nephew donnie and margot um even then you're starting to see some of the uh, effects as tedious as a lot of woke culture can be as much as I'm like, I kind of, uh, we talk on the podcast about the kind of narcissism of the worst excesses of it. Yeah. Um, that she told me this quite interesting story about they're watching The Simpsons and uh, Donnie, the boy kid, uh, asked why uh, Marge the didn't work. You're so good with children. The boy you? kid, the boy kid. The, the boy asked, one. The, boy, boy why, one. Why Marge didn't um, work. And was confused because his mother, oh, no obviously Jesse, um, works very hard and is like a and it's yeah. like well, the it's Simpsons like, being a satire of like traditional American family. And it's no longer to them it doesn't and like so stuff like that from, becoming, from like a five year old boy. Well, it's like it's satire like becoming see, more and more irrelevant. Yeah, older satire becoming more but irrelevant guess, if it yeah. doesn't reflect the conditions that we're living in. At the but moment. I, yeah, but I guess the, the 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 my kind of stance on all these things, the general sh- the tide of progression is great, but you have to always stay steadfast on the worst excesses of it. Yeah, and still always stand for what you think is right because that's yeah that's oh my your, god that's your role as a progressive yeah. agent yeah 
is but then that also you comes have with to a, be the antithesis if it's needed you but have that comes to be, with a caveat that comes with it you have to be open-minded and accepting that you might be wrong in those uh, completely stances. but that's, that's on both sides absolutely and the problem that we have now is that you can't stand up against something that is viewed as progressive yeah. if it, you can't stand up against that because it's anti-progressive but then there needs to which is which is the, the crux of the problem mm. in like this whole freedom of speech argument or whatever but as we're saying is but then that can often come with because there's such an argument around free speech and everything and having a right to an own individual opinion about something is that if you then do stand up for it a lot of the people don't have the ability to be open-minded with it it's like you can't you're not going to see nigel farage or piers morgan change their mind on something because the battle for their opinion their opinion about something like immigration has become synonymous with the battle of the right to have the opinion itself Okay, and that's where a lot of the problem lies. And it was we don't have free speech should be people saying what, and this is in an ideal world, which hopefully we'll get to. But it's the idea that we everyone can say everything, any kind of opinion that they have, and then we have we can then have a kind of a discussion around that opinion. You shouldn't be chastised for that opinion, but you should also have a responsibility to change it if you believe it should be changed. Completely. Um, And it was interesting. I mean, at first, I found some of the people posting about like defund the police kind of upsetting and like i can imagine as a police officer in the uk how kind of hurtful and that you like some good police officers who spend their kind of lives trying to protect people and then this happens and they kind of get lumped in as this kind of corrupt organization that are kind of exacerbating it when they're sort (laughs) of the, the, yeah. the, if we're trying to make the streets safer they're a huge part of it reform obviously there's clearly yeah. deep deep obviously problems. reform but the, but the idea of the police I still think has a lot of merit if we're trying to keep these s- yeah. streets safe and but, it's nowhere near as clear cut as racism exactly no um, but what was interesting is I felt that and then obviously the way the police responded during the sero, I was like that was that completely it was like wow guys because I had like a serious aggression towards people blaming the police for this because it wasn't a police issue really there's probably incompetence in the lead up to it on individual basis but this wasn't systemic and it was kind of it kind of copy and pasted some of the discourse from the George Floyd thing Mm. which was so clearly systemic which was like that's not helpful it was to be honest from an academic point of view it was lazy arguing yes yeah but then this happened I was like okay well fuck that's sort of like how the police have fucked it that bad just for just for the optics of like yeah, yeah. you guys are, how you could do that on like a but then you know you had women saying shame on you to the policeman at the thing this is not at all saying that they deserve to be peaceful protesters deserve to be there but that sort of where it reached that point where you had like women shouting shame on you to the yeah, police yeah. officers I just felt that certainly wasn't helpful um, but then the new bills that have been trying to sneak in um, and then this discourse has actually been super interesting um, about how they're trying to up the in, um, imprisonment for protesters mm. up to 10 years. And give police more powers. To and give police more powers, which I think disperse is... them. And then I saw a classic woke person on Twitter saying it's interesting, which was a good point individually, but... My hand which is something <laughs> Said that um, it's funny how all of these... Uh, right-wing guys who are constantly talking about free speech have been silent on this. A lot of them have been silent on that issue. Silent on what? Uh, on the police. On the police. police. So yeah, it's yeah. like on, on, on the clapping, on, and which is a free speech issue. Yeah. And it's like if you're free speech, you're free. And I'm like, that's completely fair. I completely agree with that. But 
that also applies to you, my friend. And which is a thing that the left do all the fucking time, which is yeah. fascinating, which is they find contradictions, which is like, uh, oh, so you think it's bad that we're blaming all men, but then uh, you'll happily blame all uh, Muslims or stuff like that. And it's like, you do know there's a flip side. Whenever you make that point, yeah, it doesn't, ab it, it also yeah, applies yeah. to you, which is a fact people just don't seem to yeah, flesh it out. So what I'm saying is that this happens a lot. And that, that, that's one example. This is one which is like saying, oh, it's so your free speech for when it's like a right wing guy talking about, you know, uh, speaking freely on a podcast. Yeah. But then when it's about uh, more rights for policemen to stop peaceful protests, you're silent. Yeah. Well, the same thing applies for you when you're trying to cancel people for a tweet. Yeah. When you're supporting things, when it's supporting kind of the general protesting that's more in your, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's. The whole point of free speech is that it's a yeah. unequivocal, objective thing. Yeah. But it applies to both sides. Yeah. And seeing them raise that point, and whenever leftists raise that, for example, with the immigration thing, or uh, well, not with immigration, but when that it's that is like, their free speech, is what you're saying. Is, yeah. But it's the, the it's interesting where when left uh, point out contradictions of right wing's arguments, yeah, they yeah, often yeah. bring out contradictions of their own. Oh, so you think it's fine to say this about? Uh, mm. Muslims, but not men. It's like, yeah, but that's, that's neither of us. Neither are all right. Yeah, yeah. It's not all right to say that about men or yeah. Muslims. You know, it's not to, to generalize about the two. Yeah. So that was one other example. Yeah, no, I agree. But then I, for me, I'd say that as like the, the people that they're calling out in, in terms of right wing people or activists or whatever, being silent on these kind of issues. Their free speech isn't to, they don't really believe in that. So why would it can't free speech? No, 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 compelling. no, because no, they do believe in that. Because they believe in free speech. Oh, so oh, talking about free speech. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what yes. I mean? This isn't. Yeah. A, this shouldn't be a political because they're yeah, all of their yeah, arguments yeah. are like this is yeah. not a political issue. This yeah, is a rights yeah. issue. Yeah. Oh, talking about free speech. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were saying talking about specific yeah. issues. Yeah. I agree. I mean, this but the same applies to the left, where it's like if you also agree that it is ridiculous and it is terrible that. Uh, they're clamping down on peaceful protesters and like trying to give police more powers to sort of silence people. You also need to take that uh, thing of like, we have a right to protest and yeah. apply that to the people you disagree with because, most. Well, I mean, that pro is the point. A protest is an empty bowl that is then filled with ideology. Yeah, and it's not the right protest or the wrong protest. So it is, again, yeah, I mean, that's what's interesting about it because it is inherently a free speech issue because protesting is kind of our best means of holding... Holding a government to account, or at yeah. least, you know, trying to say that something's wrong somewhere. And um, so we can, well, in, in, a, in a sense, it should be an issue that's kind of, the thing is, the reason why it's become politicized, I think, is because the vast, you, you, the vast majority of protests nowadays are left-wing. As yeah. in, there's obviously right-wing protests with uh, Britain First and all that. It's quite, in media. America, there's been loads of, the, the storming the capital. Yeah, yeah, well, that's not a protest, that's an insurrection. That is different in the de in the legal definition. Okay. They're different. All right. But we'll focus on the UK as yeah. well. But most, you know, I think a lot of that is drafted with Extinction Rebellion in mind. Sure. You know, because it's the disruption that they've caused yeah. and obvious the continued disruption it's going to cause. Um, so it seems that I think that's why it's become politicized in that way, because it does. It, there is there is an element of an anti left wing to it because the fact that most protests are left wing nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, but. It do, I don't know. It seems like it's because this is a bill that's been drafted for a while okay. and it's really bad timing for like the conservative government because the fact that it's come up just as all this stuff has happened mm. in recent times. Um, it is shocking. 
I it's mean, absolutely shocking. It is. It's astonishing, and it, it just becomes even more astonishing in light of things. But it, I think, which is, it, is if the if there's one benefit of the like of the horrible things that happen in the discourse around it, yeah. it's the fact there's more light on this particular bill. Yeah. Um, but because these things sneak past, and they, they do sneak. And past. The, the, the the horror. There's of... a lot of good stuff in it though, as well. By the way, as in like, okay. there's a lot of okay. there's because it's a massive bill basically, okay. and obviously because of the media stuff yeah. and everything, it's been um, shortened into just about kind of uh, protesting, police uh, yeah. protesting. But there's loads of other parts of the bill that are actually there is some really good stuff in there as well. Yeah. So you could support. There's more like supports for amendments to it rather than just the complete scrapping of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, naturally, there should be a focus on the protesting because it's mental. Um, but I think it's part, part of it. Is yeah. Fucking undercover cops in nightclubs. Um, so what's the thinking there? So the thinking is, if there is an inherent lack of safety for women in clubs, and often it's happening from the results of night out, nights out or being by yourself yeah. in a public space at night, having undercover police at, um, at nightclubs will allow them to be vigilant and then uh, and stop crime before it happens. Yeah. Um, there, when I worked at a nightclub in Leamington, there was... Shout we out had, the assembly. Shout out the assembly, which is it shut down. <laughs> what, due because to... Because I was a, too much of a legend of a bartender. <laughs> wasn't it, wasn't free it, drinks all night. Wasn't it to do with like China or something crazy? Yeah. Yeah, it was to do with... They, they shut down because... They shut down. I got entangled in the most fascinating of situations. I had my Quickly. manager... I'll be quick. But my manager and I became fa became fairly good friends. We used to stay behind. Um, the club would close like four. Then we used to stay behind and do naughty things together. Not bum sex. We used to stay behind... <laughs> which and, is the naughtiest thing you could do. Which is the naughtiest thing you could do. We used to stay behind and do some naughty <laughs> things together and would be there for, for ages. I, he actually taught me how to skateboard on the, on the yeah, floor. Yeah, that's pretty that. fucking naughty. He was like 35. It turned out he had a kid. It was all very kind of terrifying. But then the club shut down and there was a caravan in the bottom of the club and then he was living in that caravan because he was... He lived in the caravan? Yeah, because he was told to live in the caravan, apparently. He okay. was on a lot of drugs and I got very confused about what was reality. <laughs> And what wasn't reality. And I got pulled so deep into this thing because he took a liking to me. Yeah. And I like going yeah. to the club and yeah. uh, afterwards when everyone, no one was there. Um, but he was living in the caravan because apparently people were going to steal the caravan. So he was on watch in the caravan. Okay. Now, do you remember the caravan in the, the, the caravan the, gar the, the gar caravan was like in the, it the was caravan was a was on like cinder it was like a set design yeah it, it was, was no, it wasn't to live in you couldn't it just was steal to, the caravan it was to add to the aesthetic wasn't it, it? yeah you would, it, it wasn't on wheels it would take like 20 men <laughs> at least to get the caravan out but he was trying to take my caravan yeah they were living he was living in the caravan and also not the caravan and then he was telling me that Apparently, there was loads of mob connection. I might, you know, I might not be on the next podcast because <laughs> I might have already said too much. Yeah, go. On. But hashtag Snowden. Yeah. Um, I was then told that apparently there was loads of mob connections. Yeah. Um, with the ownership of the company, who I won't name, but they own quite a few clubs around the UK, and. Basically, the Chinese wanted to buy, uh, wanted to steal all the copper that was in the club. And I, I, I was reading it. Most of this is the a, a kind of the sad, unfortunate uh, nonsense of a drug sure, uh, addict. Adult, yeah. Um, but then I spoke to a, someone else who I knew in it and said, well, yeah, there's a lot of copper in the assembly. There's a lot of copper there. What, did China need a lot of copper? Why, well, apparently. They've I got... don't know how much copper there is in the fucking assembly nightclub in Leamington. There must be a lot. How are they coming to the, the assembly nightclub? In? Well, also, I don't know. There's also like... How do you even find out about also, that copper? Also, like, famously, China are like... 
um, sort of doing this kind of um, soft power colonization yeah. of Africa no. to, for copper mines. No, that's Why the they thing. need that much it's copper all... to go to the assembly? No, but it's all about that copper. Yeah. But then I was then confused with what happened. And then a night after it got, a night after it shut down, it got robbed and it was smashed up. And then I was like, like properly smashed. But up, then though. someone told me it was an inside job. So it well, was like an insurance claim. Thing. Yeah. And then it was up and down and I ended up staying, I uh, like going to this club like for three weeks off, on and off, getting further and further into this story. Um, and then eventually someone someone shook me and were like, you're, you're way too far into this. <laughs> you, you actually need to step back now because I think you're, because I was coming to the, the copper, that's the problem with the copper. <laughs> so I was looking as a saying as a manager. Um, but yeah. So no, but within that, so in that club when it was open, there were undercover cops a couple of times. Yeah. So they, I don't, th I wonder how much of an actual new thing it is because the man, they, I think you've got a legal obligation to tell the manager of the club that it's happening. But on two occasions, he told me there's, un there's, a, there's an undercover cop in tonight. Yeah. So it was a game of trying to spot the undercover cop. It was pretty easy. It was this guy in a red polo yeah, shirt yeah. that was always ordering um, this really specific ale. Okay. But I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's quite a common thing that happens anyway. I think they're just going to ramp it up because okay. it does happen. There are undercover cops in the clubs. BTW. Yeah. Do they have a right if they see you sniffing some, some substance? That's the thing. I because it's 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 a mar I think part of it is they're saying it's gonna be about um, you know, protecting women. But it's gonna be create more of a police. It's state. gonna it's a drug thing. Yeah. They're just gonna bust people for doing drugs. Yeah. And the thing, because I was up and I, I, I thought about it immediately and thinking, well, I guess if it makes women safer, that's a better yeah. thing. But in reality, clubs are a place, should be a space of expression and should be, a, it's a kind of, they, they mean quite a lot to me specifically. Sure, sure, yeah. And it's a place of, it should be a place of freedom yeah. um, rather than where the state gets its apparatus It's literally into it. like having your dad at your 18th birthday. Yeah. It's literally like having. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like like having like a, a. It is like having your parents at any kind of high school party. It's more than that. <laughs> but I, metaphorically, I, I appreciate the metaphor. It's having, but it's the having freedom, and then having the kind of the, the because state. yeah, there's an idea of of clubs and nights outs or like uh, good ones, but yeah. being a, you know kind of a hedonistic expression of utopia. Whereas, well, as soon as you you know you you can't put a policeman in there. Um, it, it kind of it, it will ruin and like unless he's in those kind of leather booty shorts well if he's wearing he's like high vis like, pants and he's got no he's got like the fair high handcuffs and like and a whistle he's like a, yeah yeah then we can have some policemen we like these policemen um, too sexy for my shirt like, hey get off her <laughs> that'd be great if the undercover policemen keep your hands like, to yourself buddy <laughs> if they were like the gay YMCA yeah. sort of um, yeah uh, cowboy, policeman, the cowboy policeman. Yeah. <laughs> if it was like that was what but the they other have to, with. even if it's not an appropriate dress, <laughs> yeah. even if it's just like, even if They've it's gotta a, have the ones with the cutout. Even if it's like, even yeah. if it's an industrial techno club where everyone's wearing black, <laughs> kind of all to the nose. They've got to wear a rainbow, rainbow yeah, underwear yeah. and a whistle. Yeah, I guess the undercover point is blowing out the wall yeah. then. But yeah, I don't know. It's I. It's a. It's a, it's a very strange especially, reaction. Yeah, especially after... Because, I mean, a lot of the problem, what they should just focus on is maybe just putting undercover undercover cops or just normal cops on the street outside of it rather than yeah. inside of it. I mean, obviously, some things happen inside the club, but the majority of the problem is outside the club. Yeah. So stay out of our clubs. Stay out of our clubs. That's a Boys Gone Wild message. Yeah, um, to, to, to bring it round to a, a lighter note... Um, uh, we, we do have a gripe to share with me. I've got a gripe. Football players, mm -hmm. we know them. 
We love them, we hate them. We're no. in between about them. We have no preference. What I have noticed, every single football player, other than like one, I can, I think just just one is the only person I've seen, has a fresh trim in inverted commas. Okay. Where they're getting their hair cut in these COVID times. No way is that your gripe. Yeah, that's Please my don't gripe. Please don't tell me that's your gripe. My gripe is that football players are going against government guidance... That's not your gripe, is it? ...to get their hair cut. Is that the gripe? Look, it was short notice. That's... But I'm not... No, I'm still back in that gripe. They have club he, barbers they don't... who are COVID-checked. It's, th- it's been reported on that they have... They, they have club barbers anyway, but they get the club barbers in who are COVID-checked and they are part of the COVID bubble and they do it before the games. Freedom of speech is always about changing your mind <laughs> when you hear a different it's opinion. It's not an issue at all. <laughs> so... Sometimes we might be wrong. <laughs> Do you think they're sneaking off to like Sometimes <laughs> we might be wrong. And we might say an opinion that is later uh, uh, falsified. They're the most and, checked and COVID showed. people in the world, the footballers, pretty much. They're like checked three times a week and so are all the barbers who are coming in. And showed to be nonsense. It's done by the club. I hear by Tamiyang went to get a tattoo and he got like uh, properly like uh, disciplined for it because he went out. That would be the same if anyone went to a natural barber's. I hear by tender my resignation. <laughs> Rightfully so. Fully right. accepted. Fully accepted with no remorse. Because imagine also because football has been like a, people have been like right it's not the most code secure thing but people need if we didn't have football it's like it's what's keeping a lot of people going just for regular entertainment. Um, not if you're a Brighton fan. Not if you're a Brighton fan. Uh, even though, as I as I said to you, I feel I think we're fairly similar. Well, I said this to Adam, and he said, "Yeah." Well, don't listen to Adam. Adam doesn't know what he's talking. He talks like his ass. God, he's an idiot. And um, I keep listening to things. He's um, and both of you, just you're like you're like two old men. You like you have these kind of concert like slightly concerned bloody oh, bloody divers. I, it's always like yeah, yeah. Like, I can't stand him. The way that he oh, why are you scowling? And it's like yeah, you know, because, well, well, because I, I back that. Um, well, let's keep football. Let's let's. But what I was saying is that the yeah, the forget, forget what you're saying. Yeah, I- <laughs> throw it out. You had you had your. Choice. Yeah, no. But I I I don't know if you feel this, but um, I don't feel how um, into football you are is yeah. how bad your life is going. Oh my god, we've we've had this yeah. discussion, didn't we? Because yeah. at uni we didn't watch a shred of football. No, I was having a great time. We were if, happy. I'm, if I'm having a good time, there are I don't better care about things to do. And like you can support I the team and want them to do well. I'm obsessive about football now. I am watching this correspondent on Arsenal who does like a 20 minute video about Arsenal yeah. every single day. This is when I realised that my life has really gone to shit. I watch the Europa League round of 32 draw. I watched the draw. It was the draw. Oh, that's... If you're at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, I was watching the Europa League uh, round of 32 draw. Yeah. That is not a good yeah, place to be. No. If you're where they are drawing no. those out of the things at no. 2 p.m. with, for some reason, any European competitions, whenever they, they get these kind of like the slimiest European men, they always have the same look with these kind of like, they just have this kind of like slightly wolfish slick back kind of like Europe. They look like they work for the EU. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you yeah, know that kind yeah, of weird yeah, homogenous yeah. kind of like- Like Tito a, Wolf. They look good. They're, they're attractive, but they're kind of slightly weird. They're like a fake person. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? There's something wrong about their noses. Yeah, there's something, they, they, they have like a Why Swiss- Why do they always have noses There's like a that? Swiss vibe where it's like, I guess uh, technically attractive, but there's something incredibly 
But unsettling. I don't trust their cheekbones. It feels like at one point, like their eyes are going to go and roll yeah. back in their head as if yeah. they were actually. And then they'll come robot. back a different color yes. and then they'll vomit um, football. Yes. Well, I've been vomiting a lot of football and that's a sign of. I my think life I going would in be bit. in the same position if Brian got themselves in a bloody European league. Bloody spot. Seagulls. Europa League. Um, Have you got a gripe? My gripe. Um, I don't know if I'm Oh yeah, about. nice gripe, mate. That was actually that's been talked about in the media and it's been shown to be wrong. So my gripe we've been is, boys go wild. Thank you very much. My gripe is that oh, both our gripes are as bad as each other's, and we'll see you next week. My gripe is uh, the excessive violence against women in our society. You, shut up. <laughs> you know that's my joke. <laughs> no, it's not so your trying joke. To take my joke. Fuck off! <laughs> it's not your joke. It's my joke, and you took it. That is my when joke. When I take it, well, I did the first one. You did not. You did the first one on the podcast, but I've been making that joke since you were fu- before you were fucking born, mate. That is yeah. a classic like, like. Gould joke. That is a Horatio Gould TM joke. Don't he, his mixture of arrogance, bad memory, and uh, deviousness mean that he claims things that aren't his. It's unbelievable. Anyway, my If actual- you fancy donated to a men's <laughs> mental health charity, um, um, we all go to the through Patreon. some tough times. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, your friends are always there to make you... Um, um, to really point out the... The flaws in your character. Yeah. Um, I say my gripe, and I don't know if you share this, I, I think I've brought this up to you before, is when you... I don't think I am going to share it after the onslaught. When, when you meet someone new... Yeah. And they tell a lie about themselves. Yes! You know I share this. Yeah, where you sell, tell a lie about themselves. One of my friends at uni told... Sorry. They tell a lie about themselves. And this, they normally do it immediately. Um, and this, they tell a lie about themselves. And uh, so they like lie about where they work. Or they say something slightly ridiculous. <laughs> and then when you believe <laughs> them... They go, ah, I was just kidding. I got you. And it's like, got I don't you. know who you are. What possible, what do you expect me to do? One do you expect my, me to not believe the first thing you tell me? One of my now friends at, from uni, um, once the first time we met on a roof said, I my nose is different because I've had nasal reconstruction surgery because I did too much cocaine. That was the first thing he said to me. Why wouldn't you believe it? Why wouldn't What's I? What's the other option? He didn't tell us that wasn't true until two years down the line as well. But what is the other? See, that's what two years. Like, normally, these people I meet, they do it, and then as a sort of small talk to kind of break the ice, then yeah. they bring it up and they say, oh, "I was just joking, mate." <laughs> and it's like, as a way, I'm like, okay, I like kind of risky jokes to break the ice, but don't make me, don't act like it's I'm not an a risky idiot. joke. It's, it's an, not. It's like it's an just because I lie. trust, it's polite. <coughs> it's, if you're going to go through life when someone tells you the first thing they say and you're trying to work out where they're joking, <coughs> you're going to be what, so much of a nightmare because you're, someone's going to say something serious to happen There's a to name you. for it. Paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah, exactly. If someone tells you that they've like, if he'd said that his thing and you refused to believe him. I don't believe you. Yeah, it's just like, Can that's not a way to start like, a relationship. Because what, what that is, is about, is about uh, conversational power. Yeah. It's an idea that people get a kick off saying by saying something untrue about yourself, which other people then believe. You Just have joking, a, right? You have a sense of power over them, and then even and then it pays off at the end when you say "just joking, mate," because the power. That's when you come from the power because you've showed them to not only did you do a power conversationally, you've then showed them up as a fool for even mm. believing it initially. So, what my advice would be to people is don't believe anything anyone ever says. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, thank you very much for watching. As always, subscribe to the Patreon. It's only two pound fifty. No, it's, it's three. It's three, it's three pounds. I get two pound fifties with it. Yeah, because of VAT. Um, it's Gar. three pound a month to have a bonus episode every week. So what you're paying 
for an extra episode. And we usually every go week. for 40 minutes. Yeah, we, they're proper episodes. And a lot of people have been saying they're better than these ones, which, are, you know, recently they have actually been. Well, because we take our socks off. Yeah, we, ta- we take our socks off, we kick our rocks off. Um, and so, what are you paying? I did some quick maths, probably about 70p a week yep. for a full episode. Maybe even less. Maybe even less. Like, that's a ridiculously low amount of money. You're paying £3 a month. So, that's mm. the lowest, even though I would start because it's so low. Five pound a month does help yeah. a lot more, and we do appreciate. I mean, it's a lot less than minimum wage. A lot less as well. Mm. That's the that's the thing, you know. I so have... please subscribe to the Patreon, even if you don't want to listen to the bonus episodes, just to support struggling artists in the pandemic. But that's me done for this week. Do you have anything to add? Abstinence is the only form of real contraception. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs>